Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. In this episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Leisha Strawn. Leisha specializes in sports psychology and youth development. Today, she is going to share her insights on life transitions in dance. Dr. Leisha Strawn, hello and welcome back to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Loren. For those of you who have just started listening to the podcast, this will be Leisha's third time coming on the show. And once you listen to her, I'm sure you'll understand why we keep inviting her back. And Leisha, I feel like this might be the perfect time to give a special shout out to a longtime listener and one of our dear friends, Rachel Bauer. Hey, Rachel. Rachel loves all of our podcasts, but she did mention that episode 31, where you talk about anxiety and mental blocks, was one of her favorites. So thank you for listening, Rachel. And we always appreciate positive feedback from all of our listeners. So we have Alicia here today, and she's going to provide a lot of information and examples about transitioning through your career, maybe from a dancer to artist to teacher, or even what you do when you're running a studio, and then maybe you know it's time to start pursuing other things. So wherever you are in your life, we always go through transitions. We're here to get Leisha's information and feedback on what this could look like for some of you, and maybe even help or inspire you with some certain examples. Thanks so much for that introduction. And you know, for those of you who are new or haven't heard me speak before, my background is as an athlete in the sport of baton twirling, but also professionally, I'm a professor at the University of Manitoba. And my doctoral work was generally in the area of sports psychology and more specifically in youth development through sport. Alicia, let's start with life transitions in dance. One thing, even through my own master's experience, I was going through my master's degree, I actually had to do a paper on career retirements and career transitions. And I actually thought that might be where I hang my hat in terms of research and not necessarily in the youth development sphere. But it's always been something that I found very fascinating and uh, trying to understand a bit more about life transitions. This particular topic is very well researched in sports psychology, um, particularly as it deals with career retirement, athlete retirement, athlete career transitions. It's all around us all the time. And if you watch sport or listen to sport, as much as I do, there are athletes from all sports going through all different types of transitions, whether it's moving from team to team, whether it is making those decisions based on injury or based on life situations. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I love watching tennis and, you know, coming to the U.S. Open that starts next week. John Isner, who is a, a U.S. tennis player, has been around a long time. He just posted yesterday that, you know, this will be my last U.S. Open. I'm 
you know, now going to move out from being a professional athlete to now taking care of my family and, you know, athletes and dancers, dance teachers always have to think about uh, what that next step is. It's important to note that, again, as I said, there are a lot of models related to career transitions and retirement and transitions are constant. If you're a dancer or an athlete, there's even transitions that happen, you know, many in your career, whether it's moving up from a, you know, a, a recreational program into a competitive program, whether it's between age levels, so you're a junior and now moving up to being a senior, and we know there are a lot of tensions and different expectations and things that that can happen while you're doing that. Even between styles of dance, you know, you might be someone who started in a particular style. Now you're transitioning to maybe be an expert in a different style. Transitions related to studios, whether you're moving studios within the same uh, city or whether you're moving, your family's moving and then you, you know, have to now acclimatize to a new studio, a new environment. And for teachers, those, those same things happen. You know, you might also decide to move and go to a new studio uh, and that's a transition. So I think when we're thinking about career transitions and thinking about life transitions and how that looks at the end, I think it's important just to remember that you've already gone through lots of transitions and and probably very successfully. And if it hasn't been successful, you've definitely learned from those transitions already. And so it's important to think and reflect about all the different transitions that uh, have happened in, in your life or in your career and know that this next transition, whether it's transitioning out, doesn't necessarily have to feel as final or um, as dramatic, you know, as as one thinks. I think all these transitions really have to think of how we're making them more normalized. If we talk about personal transitions, Leisha, do you have a personal story or experience that maybe you faced in your career? I think there's two that stand out and I'm sure there are more, but when I was talking about transitioning from say junior levels to senior levels, that's one that really stands out for me in my um, athletic career, you know, moving from a junior level to a senior level is always a really important and can be quite a dramatic transition. And especially if you're successful as a junior, and I was really fortunate that I, I was, you know, successful early on, like as a junior athlete and being able to represent Canada. And I think when I moved up to senior, you just, you know, have that thought in your head that like, I'm just going to continue on with just doing what I did. And it's going to be a piece <laughs> of cake and I'm just going to transition and it's going to be great. You know, for myself, maybe that first year moving from junior to senior, I did well. I made finals and nationals. I felt really good. But then the next few years were very challenging. And I think it had a lot to do with expectations I put on myself as well as obviously other people excelling as well, right? And passing you and and you having to, to think about, you know, what changes and shifts that you're going to make. And that transition for me was really interesting. And ironically, I think it took me maybe three years to understand that transition. And as most dancers, I think, think as well as athletes, you know, my grade 12 year was, was supposed to be my last year in Bataan. I thought I would just finish and, you know, do my last nationals and just kind of move on, move on with the rest of whatever the next transition was going to be. And I think because I took that pressure off of myself in that last year, understanding that as I was coming to what I thought was the end of my career, you know, really 
uh, reflecting a lot about my reasons of performing, why I do what I do, and what was motivating me. And I think that year I had the right motivation. I was less focused on uh, other people, less focused on what was going on around me, and just more focused on what my coach and I were trying to create. So um, and just enjoying the experience. And so oddly, letting go of that and enjoying the experience and seeing that transition in a different way, I think allowed me then to to have some success later in my career. Uh, so that happens. And the other one I just want to mention is that uh, my transition out of sport was very uneventful. It was uneventful because I had the choice. Choice plays a big part, especially in the sport literature as well, in terms of how uh, you are able to cope with transitions. And um, I, you know, I kind of pared down a little bit, uh, pun intended, to doing a pair towards the the end of my career. And uh, and I think kind of a gradual, uh, a gradual slowdown uh, was what I needed in order to be confident with my decision of uh, retiring from my career and not necessarily feeling like I want to come back. I, I felt like I did um, everything that I wanted to do and had the experiences that I, I wanted to experience. And, uh, but again, I had the choice. And uh, so important part of transitions is also thinking about whether you, you have the choice to make that experience the way you want it to be. And since we're talking about personal transitions, when someone has dedicated a significant portion of their life to one thing like dance or a sport, how do you think we can help them with the idea of moving on to something new? Because that could be scary for some people. It definitely is, you know, um, a big part. And I, I think this might come, you know, maybe later on as well, but a big part of, of who you are, especially if you start something young and that's who you are is identity. And uh, there's a lot of literature as well around athletic identity. Uh, and a lot of researchers have looked at that and trying to understand athletic identity and the relationship of that to not just career transitions, but also to enjoyment as well as to burnout. And so I think, uh, you know, when you're thinking of moving on and doing something new, some of the coping things that are seen in the literature has a lot to do with planning. And it sounds really simple, but the idea of um, putting a plan in place, if you have the luxury to do so, is really important uh, as you're as you're thinking about it, and and those plans don't have to be just the year before. You know, it's just like planning for retirement, you know, or planning, you know, for what you're going to do financially. You know, we know financial planning is important. It's the same thing with with careers and and thinking about how you're going to envision, uh, you know, what you visualize for yourself and what's that? What do you see for yourself? The importance of thinking that you can be creative. Uh, in other ways, and and thinking about how you're able to still stay involved until you really feel ready to completely step away, if that's what your what your plan is at the end, or if it's to be involved, it's then planning um, what's that going to look like, and um, and based on the experiences that you've had and uh, the years that you've put in, you know, thinking about what is it that I I bring that's unique. And then how can I then use that a little bit more as I'm transitioning to help me plan or put a plan in place so that that transition out um, and it feels a little bit more authentic, not only authentic, but also less dramatic. Great advice. I love to hear about all the scientific literature that's coming out, you know, and it's always good when we hear that other people have gone through the same thing and that mm. brings us, you know, comfort. 
Yes. So let's talk about transitioning from a high performance dancer or athlete and transitioning to becoming a teacher. I know that many dancer athletes eventually transition from performing to teaching. Can you discuss some of the challenges and rewards of making this shift? It's a great question. And again, I, I like to go back to um, models and work. Um, one particular researcher, her name's Natalia Stambolova. She has, I mean, really dedicated her entire academic career. And she's still, still researching quite a bit, athletic careers and retirements. And so she has really come up a lot with uh, many of the transition models that are still used. And one that is important to think about when you're discussing the challenges and rewards of making this shift from performing is understanding sort of these three components around the transition. So one is individual characteristics. So, you know, doing some reflection on your age, your education, types of success that you've had, your working experience, what your confidence level is in those skills. As I mentioned, athletic identity has to do with those individual characteristics, as well as the types of investments that you've also put in um, as an individual. Then another part, I think, of thinking about the transition, one is the, the next, um, I guess, levels looking at career end characteristics. So understanding your personal reasons for um, for leaving or for transitioning, um, you know, what kind of environment or sport environment um, might have contributed to that. Thinking about um, financial reasons, as well as family reasons, health reasons, whether you're like voluntarily wanting to retire, or there's something that you feel like is forced upon you. All those things are things to consider. And the last part is environment you know, what type of um, support that you have around you. And support is also a really important piece of being able to cope with the transition. So it's important to think about when we think about challenges and rewards, what is the motivation for the change? You know, have you done everything you want to do related to performing? And are there other opportunities to perform if you want? You know, I always think that we think of things being really final. Uh, I'm always you know, kind of surprised actually when I understand the dance studio model that, you know, grade 12 seems to be like the time where we tell, you know, students in the dance studio that, okay, you're the senior and you have your, say your graduating performance and you have all these things that I think make it seem very final, but that many students aren't ready for, you know, they're, they're not, they're not ready. And they may feel like, okay, well, I guess I'm, you know, it's kind of been a tradition in my studio. So I guess I am doing my graduation dance and I guess I do graduate and then I guess I do leave. But then, you know, I, I still want to perform. I'm only 18 and, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not thinking of a professional career, but, you know, where are those other opportunities, you know? And I think studios do have to think about and have a responsibility of thinking of how they're managing those students who have graduated from high school, who are 18, or maybe still at university close to a studio or working, maybe they're taking a gap year. And what type of opportunities do I have for them? You know, they have a skill set where um, maybe they want to teach, but maybe they they still want to perform. You know, can we think of a model within dance that then gives them that space to to perform? So it doesn't it doesn't can be an adult class, but it doesn't have to be an adult class. It could be like a, you know, maybe you do call it like a you know transition class of some kind where maybe you do have those adults, you know, those emerging adult athletes who are 18, 19, 20, 21 who still want to compete, 
you know, do some performances at, um, at, at the recital who want to maybe exercise their own creativity. It doesn't even have to be a formal class. I mean, it could just be a space for them to gather and be creative and think of choreography and, you know, kind of do those things. And I think um, we have to think about how we're setting it up, what our responsibility is within dance studios, within even in clubs to give them those opportunities to perform. That is then a big reward that can happen. It's a challenge to find the time, but it can be a huge reward as someone who's a studio owner, or if you're, you know, thinking about that, to give them that opportunity, because that will inspire them as well to maybe envision themselves as teachers or as a studio owner themselves or as a judge or adjudicator. It's really thinking about giving them that space to reinvent their identity. And, and that is the the reward that can happen is also a huge challenge, right? So thinking about the high performer who then has to move to teach, for example, at a lower level. And, and what does that mean in terms of training? What does that mean in terms of trying to reinvent their own identity as well, but giving them space to, to explore? I mean, 18, 19, they are just learning a little bit about themselves. Like they are just at the cusp of just learning about who they are. And we know when we watch more mature performers who are in their 20s, like they can bring something that's different that 16 and 15 year olds can't. So I think we have to give them that space in that transition. And I would encourage those who are going through that transition to have those conversations about, you know, no, I'm not quite ready. You know, yes, I might be graduating from high school, but there's still so much more that I want to do um, and within my own community uh, if I if I'm not thinking of a professional career. And so, and what does that mean? And, and then how can we redefine that and reinvent ourselves? When we're talking about moving from performing to being a teacher, I think the general public would see it as a smooth transition to, you know, to start teaching something that you were really good at. What sort of has been your experience or outlook on that transition? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, for, for many performers who have been at that high level for a long time and and maybe can't even remember you know how they learned certain things because either they learned it at a really young age or it was just something that came very natural to them and so it's great to have that natural ability even like natural flexibility you know natural like I don't know just skills that will help you to be that that performer and then when you you do come out of that and then you're asked to teach you know a beginner class, um, you might have a higher expectation in your head about what they are willing to handle because you're thinking, well, at my age, I was doing this already. But at your age, if you're a high performer, you you could have been in that outlier, you know, in that group of <laughs> group of outliers who might just understand, uh, have a different level of understanding. And so, you know, that idea of success for all learners that like people learn in a lot of different ways. And uh, if you're a high performer, then learning how to teach is a whole other skill set. And I think we we do uh, assume a lot, I think, when we take those high performers and say, okay, hey, we'll just come and teach. Mm-hmm. And we forget that they haven't learned class management. They haven't learned anything about maybe how to, to, to plan a class properly. Maybe they haven't even been mentored in that in that role. And they might have the skills to to teach choreography at or a higher level, but like, can they, like, what are those fundamentals that they need to teach? And then how do they actually teach it 
and not just knowing one way. We know as teachers, we need to have five, six, seven, ten ways of teaching one concept because kids learn differently. And so, um, so that's a skill that we can't take for granted. And we, and through that transition, then, um, if we see that transition coming, I think as a studio owner, as a coach, we we have to mentor them through that. We can't expect to put them in a class and leave them alone for and just you know we have to watch them and then we have to correct them when they're maybe getting frustrated that you know there's some little kid who can't necessarily do a, a specific trick or a specific move or or something that that we think should be very easy and if they are at a certain level they might have been already been asked to come and either do a clinic or teach something you know or been invited to do something and uh and those can be very uh stressful experiences if you're you know, if you don't have that background to understand uh, that little bit of empathy and understanding that, yeah, I was here, but then how do I teach something at a lower level? And and that's a skill that can be taught definitely, but uh, they have to have the patience and interest, you know, to actually want to learn how to teach at that level. And so having um, those progressions through syllabi, you know, like acrobatic arts, you know, taking the preschool class, understanding like, what does that look like when I when I do a preschool module, understanding what a preschool class is about and then going through, right? And and having those experiences are just invaluable and are, are so needed. You're so right. Just as a course conductor myself with acrobatic arts, I've had so many teachers come up after the course and just say thank you because they didn't know how to break down a bridge or, you know, or how to teach the preschoolers, as you mentioned, which, yes. you know, have a have a whole other set of rules when we're, we're teaching them. So definitely uh, possible, but yes, they might need some help. So anyone looking to transition like that, you know, there's many programs there for you. Always reach out because we will welcome you with open arms, you know, and I know studio owners would do the same thing. So yeah. And that's the reward of doing that, right? There's, there's such, um, there's such reward in that, in that. So that's why the transitions don't have to be as daunting as, as we think, and some are, but they don't necessarily need to be. If we're then, you know, giving people the skills that they need in order to move through and like have the successful transition to wherever they want to go, but giving them those tools that they need in order to do that. And again, going back to planning for that. Alicia, I know we're on a little bit of a time constraint today and you have to get going. I still have a few more things to talk about with transitions. So would you be able to come back in a couple of weeks? Absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you for today and I can't wait for next time. Thanks so much, Loren. If you found this episode helpful, make sure to join us next time. Dr. Strawn and I will talk about transitions due to injuries, evolving self-identity, and adapting to the changing roles as dancers age. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.